Okay, okay, I am here again with Pastor Baltimore Scott from out of New York City, the lead pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center Church in New York, and I'll let him tell more uh, about where they're at, give you the address and their history, but uh, this is just another segment where I'm just going to pull on this young man's wisdom um, he's a little bit over 80 years old, guys, so I'm, I'm going to pull on this wisdom uh, while I can. One thing I said before in one previous um, conversation, and that is I, I personally don't believe a lot of our younger people understand the importance of pulling on the wisdom of the older, mature men. Now, just because you're older, that doesn't mean you're mature because you do also have old fools, males and females. We're going to show the sisters love too. So it's very important that when you find someone who has some wisdom to share that we do that. Now, mind you, no one is an expert in everything. No one knows it all and no one's perfect. I think I'm hitting about 80% today, but I haven't reached 100% yet of perfection. However, um, I'm just honored to have this this young man just share with us today. So, uh, Pastor Scott, uh, just tell the people about yourself, about the church, and give us a little background before we get into it. Crenshaw uh, Christian Center in New York is an extension of Crenshaw Christian Center in Los Angeles that was a, a founded by Apostle Christ. We have been here for about 20 years. Uh, we uh, had facilities at 96th Street and Central Park West. Uh, we sold that facility about five years ago, and uh, we have not uh, decided on another location. We have been meeting in the Grand Ballroom of the New York the New Yorker Hotel, uh, which is at 34th Street and 8th Avenue in Manhattan. It's a large uh, grand ballroom, and we have our, our, our Sunday uh, meetings there, and we also have a weekly uh, Bible study. So we're that's kind of the heart of New York. That's just south of Times Square, easily accessible uh, by transportation, public and private, uh, and we found that to be a, a good location. Uh, so that, that's our brief history. And of course, we've been impacted by uh, the pandemic and have not had open, continuous in-person services for the past two years. We have had some in-person services and we're basically teaching online uh, right now. But we expect to be open and uh, moving in person. Uh, on a regular basis in the near future. The problem that we have faced here is that since we don't have our own facility, we're at the mercy of whatever rules and regulations the hotel chain has. So, so true. So, true. so when, when they said that they were not going to have any more meetings, we had to abide by that. So we're working on it, but that's where we are. And uh, it's uh, it's been a, a great adventure uh, for those of us on the East Coast, so many people wanted the Apostle to establish a church in the New York area because he had been here 
doing uh, crusades, those massive meetings he had in the uh, late 70s and 80s were literally tens of thousands of people. He would pack Madison Square Garden, for example. Oh, wow. And, 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 and thousands of people were looking for a church home, and they were hoping that he would establish a church here. Uh, so he finally did. And, of course, he worked with other local churches in New York area, including New York, and referred people to those various churches. So that's where we are today. Okay. And good to be back with you. Yes, I'm so glad that you uh, came back now. You know, our theme is, one of my focus is uh, Fathers and Mentors. Uh, We have a book by that that's on our website at www.agoodwordtheNumber4today.com. And uh, this month, um, we released our latest book called The Barbershop Chronicles. And the Barbershop Chronicles, and I need to get you a copy of that book also, but the Barbershop Chronicles, that shares a Afro-American experience in the barbershop. It talks about why the barbershop was created. It gives a little bit of history of that. And then I also go into giving principles, yes, biblical principles, that were learned in the barbershop, uh, wisdom that was learned also from other people who are telling their stories uh, from the barbershop. And we get into a whole lot of stuff. There's a lot of uh, wisdom and there's a lot of people that you may never hear of who uh, impact our lives in certain ways. And it could have been just from them sharing their story or really challenging us today, which uh, that's kind of like a cuss word uh, when you talk about challenging someone because you're not being politically correct in some circles. And that's really almost demonic where, you know, you can't correct me without me being able to sue you and throw you in jail for slander. But, exactly. uh, <laughs> you might be too young to know about that, but uh, <laughs> one thing I always say is, uh, even to young people today, is like, look, you get challenged today in the barbershop or old school, don't worry, they'll be there when you come back two weeks later. You know, their feelings won't be hurt and you won't be unfriended on Facebook. So that's what that, that book's about. Um, it's a great concept, by the way, and, 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 and the barbershop is a great tradition in the black community. I can remember countless hours sitting in the barber chairs, and even when the discussion wasn't directly pointed at me, and listening to the discussion from the other chairs and, and the interaction of the people, you pick up so much. Oh, Just yes. A lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom, and I always say that I'd rather pick up my wisdom in the barbershop than in, in uh, than the local bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know one of the things, and I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things that I found out is that a lot of um, when I was doing my research on this, you have a lot of young men who didn't have male figures in the house, and this is who their male figures were. Absolutely, absolutely. On the other, on another side, when I spoke with my uh, white brothers, uh, Hispanic, Asian, and I asked them what was their experience like in their barbershop, this totally different. 
Then in an Afro-American barbershop, and even one young man who was from the New York area, a white guy, he told me his story about going to a black barbershop with his friend and that cultural experience, how, I mean, it was just awesome to him. So, you know, the thing is, it's not to say that one is better than the other, but we want to point out is that our world is so small where a lot of times when you don't reach out to get to know me, but you have, we all have our biases, but when you live on your stereotypes, you could be missing a very important part or a gift in someone that God has created because he's gifted us all. However, if I never reach out to learn about you, know who you are, I can be missing out on a whole lot of stuff. And that's not only black and white. That could be white to white, black to black. Hey, it's a people thing that divides us. Exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, what that's about. So you can go to the website, check it out. Um, things like yeah. that. If I go to the website, I can order the book uh, and, 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 uh, and, and get it uh, directly, which, which is what I'll do. Absolutely. You can uh, just go in there, put your order in, and we'll ship it out to you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, um, Brother Scott, let me ask you this here. Now, in your estimating, in your estimation, I'm sorry, what character traits are most vital in a godly leader because from my understanding uh, we're all leaders in our own specific spheres that we navigate in and not only do I want you to answer that question but also one of the things that I see today and it's been around for a long time being very careful of some of the structures that can be set up or that are set up in our society where it seems like one person is the leader and it's almost like a worshiping of them. Now you're a leader in your church, you're a pastor. And one thing I have seen, and it's not very popular when I talk about this and when I say this, but that is getting into the mindset where if I don't teach the people that I'm a human being that God uses just like they do, it'll be as if the pastor basically is their God on earth. And exactly. And, and that is a mistake. Because yes, it is. That, that is a mistake. And I think that uh, pastors and other spiritual leaders can avoid that if they begin with the simple trait of the great shepherd. The great shepherd is Jesus Christ. Any of us who teach in the church, in the body of Christ here on earth, we are under shepherds. We should take our cue from Jesus and the life that he lived and the example he set. And the first trait that really comes from the great shepherd is that of a servant's heart. Uh, to me, that's the most important trait of a pastor. That's love for the people. Uh, that's the belief that you are there to serve them, not that they are there to serve you. And I think so many 
ministries have it backwards. Uh, yes. uh, and, and, and you can take it from scripture. I mean, this is what this is what uh, what Jesus said. Uh, and I can give you it, 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 more than one place. But in, in Matthew twenty, uh, verse twenty-eight, for example, he says, "Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life for many, He came to serve." And He gave us so many examples of service and how we should love one another. Uh, and 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 now let me let me add this: It does not mean that a person in leadership, as a pastor, that that, that person does not have the role of, of one who can correct uh, when uh, when he error sure. or can direct and so on. But but the, the but the basic thing is that is that if you approach your role from that of an empathetic leader an empathetic teacher uh you will do any correcting and any any uh force uh, correction in a loving way now so i so i think first of all you've got to have that service heart uh the the other thing is 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 to me without saying is preparation uh evidenced by prior study okay you you need to have knowledge and you need to have understanding of the word uh, and you know that that could be enhanced by seminary uh, study or by your own uh, time spent in the word uh, uh, in a given church under a particular uh, pastor you need to have the ability to teach uh, uh, that's so important and, 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 and you know that when the scripture talks about the fact that he, meaning Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and so on. Yes. The last one is pastors and teachers. He doesn't say pastors uh, and, and, and then comma and teachers. Every past the way it's written is that every pastor should be a teacher. Yes. Uh, so that's that, that very vital. So you need to have the ability to communicate. And teaching is so important. You remember one of the, the things that Jesus said on more than one occasion, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Uh-huh. He, he, he wanted, and, and then again, it goes to uh, the thing that we touched on before in an earlier session that uh, from the Old Testament, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We knowledge. We need knowledge. And you can't really develop faith in a vacuum. Faith is based on knowledge. You, you, you cannot have one. Uh, without the other uh, and you know we can talk about s- some of these in more detail later but the, the other elements of, of, a, of a good leader integrity you hear it all the time but it doesn't come automatically you got to work you got to work on your integrity uh, oh, yeah. dis- discipline and by that I mean self-discipline uh, uh, Paul talks about you know uh, putting uh, uh, keeping his body under himself and it was keeping in control yes okay a very important uh, a disciplined life discipline in in uh, in uh, the way you conduct your life and in, 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 in discipline in the way that you don't allow yourself to to fall into the the, the pit of the Three things that destroy so many uh, pastors and so many churches: it's sex, money, alcohol, and so on. Okay. You've got to discipline and so forth. And you know, when out of a disciplined life, and, and, and you know this, and, and I think our listeners know this, 
out of a discipline, discipline life comes an orderly life, an orderly, transparent life. And 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 when someone sees an orderly, transparent life, that's a life that they feel that they can follow and and, and, and perhaps uh, uh, emulate. So on. And wow. I, and this is not uh, I, I, the last one, and it probably should be the first one. I think I believe in the old-fashioned calling that you need to have a call on your life. In other words, I don't think, and, and it, it's not for me to judge who does and does not have this, but what I mean is it's not like you're deciding to be a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher. <laughs> or you, What's wrong you know, with that? If I, if I love God and I want to go to Bible school or if I've been, I can say, look, I've been going to church ever since my grandma took me when I was three and I'm 50 years old now. So, you know, I'm, should be the next one in line to pass to the church. That's the, that's the feeling that a lot of people have, and it's true. But that calling that I'm talking about is an inner calling. It's an inner calling uh, that 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 that's really between you and the Father, ah, <laughs> and, okay. and you and the Holy Spirit. And it's it's something that comes from within. It's not it's not it's not an external. And a person who's honest will know and admit whether that really happened in their life. That, that provoked them sure. or stimulated to move in the direction of being a pastor teacher. So those are some general uh, 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 general uh, uh, qualifications I, 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 that I will list. But I think if you start with the servant's heart, if you start with a genuine love for the people, and you know I like what one uh, First Timothy. Uh, chapter 1 verse 5 says in describing what this love is we, we talk about the love and, and he says there and, 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 and this is I maybe paraphrase a little bit he says it's love from a pure heart love from a good conscience and love from sincere faith in other words not faith not fame but sincere purity and uh, a good conscience and I think if a leader has that quality of a servant's heart and genuine love for the people, it'll take him a long way, him or her, a long way wow. in terms of fulfilling the, the role of uh, pastor teacher. Okay. So these also, these qualities that you mentioned, let me further add, and you can give me your thoughts on this. This is not only for the leader, but this is really all for the whole body of Christ. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. because that doesn't mean I get a pass if I can say, well, Pastor Scott is not like this. Pastor Scott didn't do this. If I want to drop names, does that mean I get a pass? <laughs> no, you, you make a good point, and that's the point that I make all the time. It's not, it's not a set of uh, uh, qualifications only for leader. It's a, it's a qualification for each and every Christian. Oh, okay. So, Again, so you sure we are all judging? leaders. As, as you said at the beginning, we're all leaders. We're all ministers, and, and we're all teachers. So we these are qualities that, that we should all have. And okay. uh, and so it, 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 it's true. It reminds me, by the way, of uh, I, I went to Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, which talks about the Son of Man saying that he did not come to be served, but to serve. If you drop back a few scriptures before that, I think it's 2025, uh, Jesus is talking to the apostles, and he says, 
uh, more or less, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Mm -hmm. Those who are great exercise authority over them. But this is what I like in the very next verse, in, in, in verse 26, Matthew 20, 26, but among you, it will be different. <laughs> ah, okay, so let me, uh, let me, let me pause you right there for a second. Must be your servant. He who will lead, let him serve. And and I, I think that we all have to uh, to uh, uh, abide by that. This is see, there's really no no separation from in terms of qualifications from pastor and flock. Right. These, these are as you as you say interject. These are qualifications that every every Christian should have and should exhibit. Okay. Now let me let me do a little translation. Um, from what I heard you say to uh, some of my uh, brothers and sisters who are not versed in Christianese. In other words, that means, uh, guys, that um, I should not be pimping you as a more mature leader in the body of Christ. And really, I shouldn't be taking advantage of anyone as a leader because that is not godly if I'm doing that that means there are certain things in my life, number one, I have not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because see, he can be my savior, but I have to make him Lord in every area of my life. That's not something he's going to force on me. Absolutely. The, num Absolutely. the number two thing, saying that um, you have to understand, and we're going to go in this direction a little bit. Understand... Um, Pastor Scott just he used the term calling uh, from God. That does not mean that you have to be behind a pulpit in a church preaching or pastoring the church or you gotta quit your job. Let me um give a little bit of insight on that because I know some people have heard the term where you're called to minister, you're called to preach, you're called to do this or that. According to scripture. According to the Bible, when it says calling, every believer has the same calling. And that main thing is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a dying world. Now, if you, for example, let's say if you work in an auto mechanic shop, you do not have to quit your job, but you could show godly traits we're talking about character guys um and through your your stewardship through your um discipline as was mentioned earlier through your structure through your lifestyle you are presenting an image to someone who may not know christ it is that door of opportunity that could be used to share the gospel with that individual why? Because you have a skill that brings people to you. So people are coming to you, but you as a believer, it is your responsibility, not God's. It's your responsibility to find a Bible church that teaches you to word of God, the word of God, not only how to share your faith, but also how to mentor others so that they'll become disciples and not just converts. Uh, Pastor Scott, am I on or am I off key? You are you are on it a hundred percent, and and uh, uh, and it's a point that that uh, 
church members have to be reminded of. Oh, uh, yes, we all did. Because one of the things that, that some people expressed, and they really believe it, and that's, that's today, today being 2022, that it's the pastor's job to, uh, to uh, bring in the sheep. Oh, they're going to so, kill the pastor, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it, they put it all on him. So, if, But the truth is, is that we know that the, the sheep don't beget sheep. Uh, 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 the uh, the shepherd doesn't uh, doesn't uh, 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 beget uh, sheep. He leads them. So it's 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 the membership, the mechanic that you described, the school yes. sheep, yes. the nurse, uh, the the uh, uh, the uh, paramedic, and so on. Even the ushers who keep security. It, it, absolutely, it's anyone. <laughs> By their example, by their example, uh, they can uh, bring uh, people to Christ. Now, this is the thing that 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 that, that, that you hear to me not uh-huh. enough. When you bring uh, someone to church, you're not you shouldn't be bringing them there for the pastor to convert them. You should <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> and so on. Now, I don't know. Do you hear that very much? <laughs> I, the pastor's supposed to do everything, man. <laughs> Get <laughs> no, them, save them, keep them saved, check on them, go by their house. He's supposed to do everything. No, you you bring when you when you witness with someone, you you if you're equipped, you know. And we're all, you know, I'm talking about more seasoned uh, Christians at this sure. point, but we're all ambassadors of Christ, and you lead them, you bring them there. Uh, to church, to your church, uh, in, in, in particular, the pastor's job is to help grow them up, yes. to keep them, to increase their knowledge, uh, and, and so on. But the conversion should have taken place at the point of your interaction with them, and that's what a lot of Christians don't understand. And that interaction can take place uh, when I say on the job, I don't. You should be taking time from work and trying to convert people. But on the job, in a sense that you meet a coworker or someone else, yes. And in your discussions afterwards, or over coffee, a coffee break, or whatever, uh, you do that work of of teaching the gospel and sharing the gospel with them, and sharing the gospel of salvation, sharing you know the, the requirements of salvation, and, and so on. And that's something that. That you basically you do you do what Jesus did. Jesus basically taught by example, and and that's what you were just saying uh, is that it's the example that you set before people that attracts them to you and attracts them to want to hear what you have to say about uh, 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 about uh, you know about life and about uh, living and, and yes. so on, and, and and that that's the that's the representation that. At uh, barbershop, and that's the barbershop I remember growing up. Is that the guys in, who were the barbers, by and large, were more seasoned. They were more seasoned about life. Yes, and they had they had a wealth of experience, individually and collectively, and you could learn so much. And they had a wealth of wisdom uh, that that uh, that had. had Accumulated over over their particular lifetime and so on. So anyway, it's the example that we set. That we attract people and share the word with them, and then we bring them already converted, yes. and then 
role of the church and the pastor is to actually help them to develop their spiritual life, to increase their faith, to increase their knowledge of the Word of God, and so on. But it's not, it's not that the pastor, some think the pastor has to go out and grab them in the street uh-huh. and, and do all the work, as you were just saying. No, no do it, that, that, that is a misapprehension of the, of the role of the pastor and the church. Right, exactly. And I'm glad you pointed that out because a lot of times we either have not been taught that, we don't understand that, but we have to be lights in our own family. And, you know, even around our own children because they may not be converted or give their life to Christ. However, your life's example can speak even when you're not even around them. And I, and I say this to many, I have grown children. They're all grown and out of the house. I'll tell you one thing when they're not in your sight anymore and not under the rulership, the leadership of your home anymore, they cannot outrun your prayers. That is so true. (laughs) That is so true. They don't have to return your phone call. (laughs) <laughs> but I, and I based that on scripture. Let me give scripture for that. Cause I've always had people yelling at me. Where's that at in the Bible? Acts 20, 32. It's something that Paul said to a group of men that he had trained before he left them. And it's this verse here. Acts 20, 32 says this here. And I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance amongst all them which are sanctified. The scripture says later how Paul had been with them for two years, and now he's talking to these guys, and he had trained them. If you're listening to me, if you have a wayward son or daughter, all you can do when they become grown and accountable, that could be at age 13, 16, 12, whatever, commend them to God. Stop nagging, pray. Do not try to, if your husband is unsaved, the Bible says this here. He gives us direction as believers. He says, I'm supposed to treat that person as if they were saved. You don't call him the devil. You don't call him names. You don't call his girlfriend and curse her out. You don't call the mother checking on him. Don't be a stalker. And then you're expecting, why isn't God answering your prayer? Get out of his way, do your part, let him do his, and leave it alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are great words of wisdom and so true. So true. <laughs> I just had, I had, we had to translate sometimes. Um, I don't speak Christianese too well anymore, even though I was raised on the King James Bible, but uh, sometimes uh, we have to speak in the the people's language, not cursing or cussing, but so they'll understand. Exactly. <laughs> now, on, on that point, when yes. we're talking about uh, 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 converting people or bringing people to Christ or bringing people into the church, uh, it's good to remember, and I, I, I think one of the sections is given is the, the last chapter in, in Matthew, maybe 15 or 16, where he, 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 he in the Great Commission, you know, to go out and, and preach yes. the word. And 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 it says, and they, meaning the apostles and disciples, went out everywhere, preaching uh, the, the, the the preaching the gospel. I'm paraphrasing. 
sure. and the Lord confirming his word. Uh, and that, that phrase means so much, and I think it goes over the head of a lot of people. What, what that means, and, and you know this, is that he's not, he didn't confirm the teachers or the apostles or the ones doing the teaching. He confirmed his word, meaning he confirmed what they taught. If they were teaching the word, he confirmed his word. So that's why it's important for for us as, as believers, as Christians, as members, to learn the word. So when we can share that word with with uh, a non-believer, then you give the Lord something to confirm. That's His word. Oh, okay. So, so he's not he, he's not confirming. He's not. It never says anywhere that God confirmed them. He said He confirmed the word, and 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 and. and and then with signs, uh, with signs following, so he confirmed the word, which was his word that they taught, and the signs followed. But the signs followed after the word was preached. So signs followed, and meaning results followed after his word was taught, and then he confirmed that word. He didn't. He didn't. It never talks about him confirming the uh, the preacher or the individual apostle or disciple. What and, about and, the and, denomination? He don't confirm that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's been one of the big, <laughs> big falls in in, in, in in our religious community is denominationalism. Yes. And, and 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 so if it doesn't fit within this little formula and it doesn't follow these five steps, then uh, then it's no good. So uh, that's a mistake. It's like so many people say: if Jesus came back to Earth today, he would he would not recognize so much in the church that's done in his name <laughs> I yeah. think he would say to quote scripture I never knew <laughs> I never knew this and I never knew you so true so true hey let me pause let's pause here and then we're going to come right back 